0: You're listening to discography discussion episode 246 and test hosted by dan terry don't you want to see all your flaws in high definition like i get to see mine every week jeff kane uh no <laughs> and joseph wren i'd like to point out dan is the one in this scenario who says drink less beer presented by discussmetal.com and if your true and is sealed in solid amber then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Well, 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 gentlemen.
1: So I got that amber in a little locket. I mean, in a I, necklace around my neck. I don't have a locket, but it is the color of my energy. <laughs> Whoa.
2: Whoa, <laughs> right? <laughs> nah, we, we're just kidding. It's a it's a secret 311 episode. Not.
1: It Although also- I I'd be fine doing it because I, I've i seen, uh, I think I might have seen 311 more than I've seen any other band live.
0: I just want to get this right out of the way. I'm down to do a 311 episode anytime you guys want to. Does
2: any listener that is listening to the Antestor episode want us to talk about 311? If you do, send us an email, Josho at gmail.com. <laughs> I'd be
1: very interested to see how many people want that. Yeah, I'd be happy to talk about Omaha Styli all day long.
0: I'd prefer to talk about how ongoing and dirging these records are. They're so dark, melodic, and laid back, almost like the entire room is wet. It just doesn't feel clean when listening to these albums. But the atmosphere, we have a word for that around here, don't we, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, it's It's moist. <laughs> there
2: you nope. go there you go <laughs> so half the antestor fans just turned off the podcast thank you. thank you for that jeff you know let's let's try to keep it clean boys we we, we got some folks here that uh you know aren't, aren't your normal um satanic we love evil you know every time you see a cross let's turn that guy upside down Antester is a band that you know you 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 Put the cross back in the right position
1: Now i was gonna say if if you turn the cross upside down on antester they're just gonna take it use it as a sword and, and stab satan in the heart
2: maybe they will they're not really that kind of band so let's talk about it for a second here all uh, right antester you know and this is I, I apologize i'm a i'm an american man from from the midwest and so i know i should be saying antester! you know i should be saying that every single time with that same inflection but because I'm from the middle of America, I'm just gonna say and or and I just I, I just want to apologize, you know, if that if that bothers you, because you're gonna hear it a whole bunch of times.
1: Quick, Dan, say Farty Far. Uh, forty-four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yes. from the
1: coast. I'm not like the guys in the yard on no, Cape Cod. Yes, yeah. people just west of St. Louis are known for saying Farty Far, like they're from Fargal. Or what about what about Missouri? I never understood that one. Yeah. The it's clearly it's clearly an
2: I at the end of Missouri. Anyway,
1: yeah, just uh, like you're supposed to uh, pr- you're supposed to use the S in Illinois Yeah,
2: uh-huh. every, everybody's everybody's like shut up and talk about Antester.
1: Yeah, uh, sounds good know, to me. The,
2: the thing is, is that like this band is not like Horde. I guess if there's any other way to put that, you know we we were talking before we started recording about you know how these guys largely started the what people like to call the unblack movement, um, and I'm the kind of guy that just kind of. I've just never liked the word unblack I know it's like the word that you use when you're talking about like quote unquote Christian death metal I'm sorry Christian black metal and uh, you might want to do a record scratch on that one Joe when you're talking about Christian black metal um, there are black metal fans that say well no black metal by its very nature is evil therefore calling it Christian black metal would be like calling it Christian Satanic metal uh, and even the guy even the guy that coined the term unblack uh, Mr. Jason Sherlock, even him and I talked about it when I interviewed him on the Brutally Speaking podcast a while back. He uh, he said, "Yeah, you can't really call it Christian black metal though, because it just sounds stupid." But in my opinion, calling it unblack is equally stupid. Um, like I don't, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I know a lot of people call it that, but I just feel like we need a new word for it. Um, or maybe we, we just maybe call maybe it we metal, don't.
0: despite how technically silly it is. It's identifying when you say the word unblack metal to me i know exactly what you're talking about you're talking about a black metal band for jesus and back in the day that's what a lot of people wanted it was like a game how absurd of a description could you insert into your band's genre it became a competition of sorts and just hearing you give that explanation in the beginning of the episode it's 20 years in the past, guys. It's 2003. Dan is on Godcore.com right now. What's the longest genre? Let's find out. Dan, can you remember what it was? Oh God, I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> they got pretty absurd back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's
2: there's uh, there's so many weird variants to this. I, I went through an entire I went through an entire period of my life where I only listened to like unblack metal, <laughs> you know, and. And, and, and stuff like that. Like the most underground stuff. Like I, I killed Joe's ears. I'd be like, listen to this. And I'd, I'd make him sit down in my car and I'd, I'd pop something in and I would turn it all the way up, even though it sounded like it was recorded on like a, like a Tonka, like a Tonka tape recorder.
1: Yeah. Cause it was like a fourth gen bootleg recording at Usually, 128 yeah.
2: kilobits. <laughs> yeah, so I even ripped it in lower, in lower quality oh than I probably should have. That's funny. Uh, and, like, to get some of these bands' albums back in the day, you basically had to, like, find the band on, like, I don't know, like, MySpace or even, even like, older than that, like, be part of some unblack metal, like, message board. And, like, every dude on those message boards was an unblack band, i.e., like, they recorded all of their own instruments, programmed the drums, uh, threw down some sweet Casio keyboard licks, and uh screamed like a dying calf into a toy microphone and that was (laughs) for the longest time that was on black metal and like i'm not gonna lie some of those bands were pretty rad but uh, most of them were not (laughs) you know if i can uh there's another band we're gonna talk about that uh, i think is pretty rad that not everybody else probably thinks is pretty rad but uh we'll get to that you know on a different episode
1: yeah i i I do want to say this real quick the one thing that i do like Uh, And it's actually what I I actually really enjoy about Christian metal in general is taking something that's a negative and turning it, turning it on its ear and uh, using it as a positive. To me, that's like really, really cool. Like when you can take something, that's how, you know, like if you're, whenever you're, somebody's bullying you when you're a kid, you know, and they're talking about, you know, you know, oh, you, you're a nerd. You got straight A's. I'm like, yeah. And I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a degree and you're going to go work at Burger King. I mean, it's stuff like that. Like that's, I mean, obviously that's, that's considerably more vain, but that's just, I'm just trying to give an example of why I I like it. It kind of gives it a special kind of energy. I don't know what it is for me. Uh, I I don't necessarily, you know, go out of my way to listen to Christian metal, it seems like Christian metal finds me. And that's even before I started hanging out with, you know, you guys it's, it's because there's, there's um, a lot of that, you know, I always feed off emotion um, when I'm listening to music and for whatever reason, there's just like a special, you know, I don't like an extra pull at the strings in your soul uh, when I'm listening to a lot of Christian metal. Now now it's, there's good and bad Christian metal. I mean, we've already, well, we've, there's good and bad metal. I think the, the, yes. the ratio
2: of good to bad bands, if you if you if you if you're looking purely at the percentage is it about the same of good bands versus bad bands
1: yeah but i mean i guess at the end of the day you know i'm more inclined to listen to living sacrifice than their secular counterparts for example
0: so you're saying the stigma of the music being bad because it has this word in the title it feels good to see that get eliminated most of the time
1: yeah i mean they're using it for something that's good instead of you know putting something else down they're just taking it and saying you know this is who i am and this is you know what we believe and and it's you know it's so bizarre because i know so many people get on me about my you know looking at me from a political aspect and i don't like political things in my music but here i am talking about how i like christian metal you know and and i like religion in my music and i and that's because it's for me it's an emotional connection that's That's what makes it better for me Uh, when, because it doesn't have to be, you know, Christian metal. I mean, it could be anything like music that uh, that has a religious aspect to it seems to have a special pull for me, whether, uh, you know, it's it's hymns or chants or metal or anything. I I just it's it's just uh, a different. A different pull for me. It's kind of, it, it, it piques my interest a little more. I, and uh, this, you know, this is another band that falls right into that, that I, I think, uh, I think these guys are fan-freaking-tastic. I, I, I the fact that um, that I hadn't listened to them much, and it is hard to get their music, to me is actually a bummer, because I think these guys are amazing.
2: Well, allow me to be devil's advocate here, and then I promise, guys, we'll, we'll start talking about the albums. Uh, <laughs> but the I'll be devil's advocate here. You know, when you say it's something that's more positive, I guess it depends on your point of view because, you know, for a lot of people, religion is not a positive uh, right. sort of sort of thing. Uh, and I think that's where, you know, some of the Uh, some of the the more like the general black metal bands are going to, are going to have a problem with this because this was their rebellion. And in their eyes, it's a whole bunch of dudes that just stole what they were doing and, and tried to turn it around and make it more socially acceptable. And um, so I can, I can understand that perspective. If you look at some of the mindset, mindsets behind some of the earliest black metal bands, you know, this was their religion. I mean, this was in a certain sense, their religion, 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 or the pagan roots, you know, and wanting because you know in other in, in other countries and also even in America, Christianity kind of just came through like a wave and just uh, just wiped out people's cultures and their religious practices and their religious beliefs and things like that. And so I I understand why there's something of a kind of a war, you know, that 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 is perceived. I think it's more perceived on the Christian band sides though because they've got a kind of a persecution complex. And the only reason I'm saying this is because. Some of the Christian bands that played black, the style of black metal, I guess is the most politically correct way of saying it, uh, is like their their bands like Antestor that they actually write real music that has like real um, emotion behind it, and there's more to it than just like hey we're a Christian band. They're 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 a band that has Christian beliefs, but is also just like a great band.
1: Yeah, in well general. I guess maybe Whereas- I should state it as it's it's the zealousness of it. Like I love Heilung and that is talking about like pagan roots and stuff like that and i and i and it's it's all about you know the germanic and norse history that's like kind of weaved into music they use traditional instruments uh it's the it's the sincerity and the zealousness of it that pulls me in and uh whenever i it's part of why uh there are certain parts of punk that i didn't like as well I, i'm never anti anything so whenever somebody takes an anti-stance uh, it, it it bothers me a little more and it, it kind of causes a disconnect for me.'m I I'm, I'm about being in inclusivity you know that's that's more my thing I want everybody to be together and and happy and be able to share all of this so whenever you're, you're um distributing hate i, I just I, I don't i don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the hate <laughs> I hate the that's hate fair. But I mean, I guess I, that's probably the best way for me to put it.
2: I think the point that I'm getting at, though, with the whole unblack thing is that there are bands like Antestor that are, like, a legitimate, like, expression of belief and musicality, but then there's a whole bunch of the other in the black metal scene that I kind of dealt with whenever I was younger, or the unblack scene that I dealt with when I was younger, was that they a lot of those guys turned out to be just as elitist and hateful as their black metal counterparts. Like, they got... They get, like they delve too deep they got so black metal that you'd have like you know you'd have an album called like satanic rebellions crushed and you know uh satan beheaded and like it, it just became like it became they- more anti-satan than it was christian music if, if that makes
1: sense and there there is a difference yeah know? that's when you get to that point you really do you're right you become a mockery of yourself
2: yeah and that's why it's hard for like black metal fans to take bands seriously and the entire point of this conversation is that's how bands like Antestor will get overlooked because they can get kind of lumped in with that scene. You know, it's like a, like a guilty by association. Uh, sort no, of thing. I gotcha. I gotcha. Whereas you've got bands like, you've got bands like Crimson Moonlight and, and test And like you mentioned, like living sacrifice and, you know, some of these bands that were doing, trying to do this sincere thing. And then it was everything that kind of cropped up around that that became a problem. Um, and all of that was really just to say his ancestors, not like that, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, two days later, <laughs> Dan and Jeff finally shut up. <laughs> well, before Dan and his cassettes subject Jeff and I to some old times cruelty, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify. Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews we do enjoy
2: our five-star reviews here on discography discussion every time we get one we will read one on the show even if it's not five stars just i don't know throw me some stars throw me one star throw me five stars throw me some stars and if i dodge them i'll read them on the show that was a ninja joke cheesy (laughs) and i would like to take a minute to shout out our beloved patrons the people that support us financially and really in a lot of ways are the reason we're still doing this. Uh, they, they've supported us far beyond anything that I would have ever expected. And for that I appreciate them. Who are they? Well, they are Lost Fiction, Kyle Driver, Timu. I, I'm sorry, I just can't. Uh I, I can't I can't do your I can't do your last name justice. So I'm just gonna say Timu. I appreciate you. Dangerous Dave, Ryan Rowe, Richard Renz, Big T. Big T. Brandon Miranda, Ken Zapla, Tantalize Fungins, best name ever, Jeremy Prince, Josh Moser, David Brown, Samuel Woodward, Brian the Dean, it's me, comma, brave, Lance Allegood the king of metal, Alexander, Patrick Asblund, and Jeffrey De Los Santos, the actual Mac, Thank you guys so much for your contributions every month. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know, we we, we really appreciate our Patreon subscribers. uh, But we also appreciate you guys, too, to listen to the episodes. And we don't ever want you guys to feel like you have to give us money to enjoy the show. Uh, You can always leave us a review. Send us a message. Send us an attaboy. Send us a message saying you want us to quit after that whole unblack discussion. You know, just let it. Just let. Just let us know. We're 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 here and we're receptive. We we try to respond to everything that gets sent our way. So don't be shy. So Dan, tell me about Antestor. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. Antestor is a Norwegian i'm just gonna say what all the all the band bios say they are a norwegian unblack band formed in 1990 um they are one of the earliest examples that i can think of of like christian extreme metal i mean that's kind of ignoring like all the 80s bands you know you had like all of that stuff but like they're they're basically credited for starting the european christian black metal scene um they even had a uh they even had a release on Cacophonous Records, which is, you know, notable for bands like Demi Bourgier and uh, Cradle of Filth. And so, like, they were in it, like, like, for this Christian band to have kind of slipped into that uh, sort of world was, was very notable. And they did that by just being a great band and not being um, really a parody of anything. You know, when people talk about Christian music, they always like to say, oh, well, they're just the Christian version of X band. Um, I can't think of any other band that sounds like Antestor, especially not in um, not in black metal and, and definitely not in the like kind of death, doom origin that they sort of had. Uh, they, they were wholly unique. The band actually calls themselves Sorrow Metal. Um, and I think that's actually a pretty apt uh, description, considering the fact that like they're considering the fact that they are very sad most of the time uh until we like start getting later on into their discography and they start getting significantly more aggressive uh, but the early the early stuff is just this sad dreary uh sort, sort of existence with like a little bit of hope at the end of the tunnel and uh i think that they do that style better than anybody else does that style um it's the it's the right mix of hope and uh absolute depression and um you know they they came they came out pretty aggressive. Their their first demo uh, was called uh, I believe I believe their first demo was called The Defeat of Satan. And then they had another demo that was released after that um, called Despair. And so The Defeat of Satan was more of i I'm going to talk about this real quick because their first two demos were actually re released uh, as a compilation album in 2003 called uh, The Defeat of Satan. Uh, they stuck with the cooler title, <laughs> you know.
0: Good um, choice.
2: Yeah. And I like talking about that because I, I heard it, you know, a few years after I'd heard um, Return of the Black Death. And I really, I thought it was cool because it's not really black metal at all. It's more like Death Doom with like some keyboard. So like, you know, like Jeff music. Um, and uh, it's it's so good. It's so good. The lyrics are kind of cheesy. However, this is early 90s European metal it's not the fact that they were a christian band that made their lyrics cheesy it was just that these dudes are going to sit down and write some serious you know death doom metal right now and we're going to throw some keyboards over and it's going to be super super cool and uh they would get they would get much much more complex as they went on uh they're one of the most important bands in this scene they're they're a band that like if you go, you know, into a Christian metal forum and you say, hey, I want to hear a Christian extreme metal band, everybody's first going to say mortification. But if they don't say mortification and, you know, they actually listen to good music, uh, they'll say <laughs> and, uh, and test or. I'm just kidding. Mortification's fine. I'm listening to a Mort. I- I'm wearing a mortification hat right now.
1: You got it. Don't forget the coffee mug. Yeah, I got that, too.
0: I always underestimate how much black metal bands can be a breath of fresh air the genre descriptors the words that we use to describe what type of music we're listening to sometimes they get misused people say opeth they think death metal yes at some point that was true but was it really not not really just prog metal with cookie monster vocals so when i'm listening to antestor it's the almost complete opposite of the type of bands i listen to on a daily basis But the genre doesn't really change. So it's the fall. It was Halloween a week ago. And this had the same kind of fall to winter vibe. It has that feeling of darkness and trying to make you a little uncomfortable in places. But if anything, I would describe the feeling listening to this band. It's similar to... A band like Ghost where I know it's not trying to be the greatest thing ever, but it's trying to use sounds to make me feel more comfortable than I should when I'm listening to the music that is behind it. When you said you think of
1: this as like a breath of fresh air, uh, (laughs) the first thing I started thinking of was like fall and it's like the first like wintry mix and the leaves are rotting and there's mushrooms and it's just you know that that stale like spore filled air that's kind of what i think of and then you the whole like they're embracing that and and that's mainly because you got to have all of that before you can grow something that's kind of how i look at it and so i i I actually really i i like these guys uh way more than i thought they would I, i thought i would because this is one that i didn't um this is one of the few times where I can say, "Yep, yeah, I don't know much about them going in, uh, and really, really like it." Most of the time, when I go in, uh, even though I like you know bands that kind of branch out, when I, I the first go around when I listen to a fresh, a fresh, a fresh listen to a new band, I, I kind of give them a poo poo, you know, thumbs down right off the get go, and I was like, "You gotta, I gotta listen to you more to imp- improve upon what my perception is of you." And I did not have that feeling at all with these guys um i could tell like the, like the first album that they came out with 1994 uh i could tell that you know production wasn't there yet um you could you could definitely hear the chops the chops were definitely there uh i didn't uh the vocalist was okay not great i actually like the second vocal uh, the harsh vocals better on uh, the second vocalist uh but that's just me and dan already knows that my fa- which one's my favorite album so I can't really say anything on that.
0: Jeff is going chronological on this discography, not necessarily in the order of official release. Can I say that? You can say whatever yeah. you want, Joe. You edit the podcast.
1: <laughs> but no, Joe's right. I mean, that's that's exactly how it is. I mean, one was uh, we have an album that was released in '94 that got leaked in what was it like '97? They a different company like pressed 50 albums and then a ton illegally, of put, yeah, illegally. And a ton of bootlegs kind of sp- spawned out of that and uh, kind of like made this huge underground vibe for these guys. And so people uh, really started paying attention. And uh, but yeah, it was a good album. Just uh, production quality needed some
0: help. Jeff really wants to talk about Martyrium 1994, yes, 97, 99, 2000. I think this album was re released multiple times. <laughs> yeah, <that's fine. laughs> Martyrium. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Jeff
2: was going to talk, but that's fine. I'll oh, talk I'm going anyway. to
1: Okay. Oh, no, yeah. I'm talking it, now. No,
2: you you lost it. There was a whole pause. First recorded, second now,
1: released.
2: <laughs> I didn't anybody. hear Martyrium until I heard their later stuff. So I went into it being like, all right, here we go. Another black metal classic uh, from the boys in Norway. And uh, that's not what I got at all. I got this like slower kind of doom metal album. Although th- I will say that there are elements of black metal or at least like roots of black metal in Martyrium. And um, honestly, like... I think the vocals are superb on this record. They are so deep and, and absolutely abrasive. It's like they're very dense. They're very dense vocals. And uh, and I love it. I, I love how deep they are. I love how cutting they are. And I like how easy the dude actually is to understand. Even though you're saying the production quality isn't quite there yet, for a, for a early 90s release by a Christian heavy band from Norway, <laughs> you know, this sounds really 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 good it doesn't sound as bad as like a uh, like a christian metal band from indonesia would sound uh you know around the same time but again we'll talk about that later uh this is one of those like really good we talked about this in the in the crimson moonlight episode too that like these guys kind of showed up on the level already they had good enough and yeah it's not stellar production because some of their later stuff sounds really good but this is like good enough to where you'd listen to it and you'd feel really justified if you're an underground metal fan uh this is full of haunting just oppressive riffs riffs and atmosphere it's not doom metal in the sense of like you're gonna fall asleep listening to it it's driving enough i think there's actually a lot of diversity in the songwriting on this record where they'll kind of kind of put you to sleep with like a little with like a kind of a pretty like melodic section and then they'll move into like these kind of driving like power rifts and I think that the rifts are kind of basic they're absolutely not as basic as they were on the defeat of Satan uh, they're, they're much more complicated but like overall they just kind of chunk away at their own pace And that actually drives the atmosphere of the record home. Uh, I love the little tiny bits of black metal sort of sounding melodies that are in some of these songs, too, usually in the intros. Uh, You can tell almost every song on Martyrium apart just because there's like a different almost black metal-ish sort of melody playing at the very beginning of it. And then it kind of goes more into those like power
0: riffs. I truly got some Black Sabbath vibes listening to this record. I think there's an alternate timeline or an alternate universe where... Heavy metal didn't change the way it did in the 70s with Judas Priest and the motorhead-influenced bands of the 80s and the 90s. I could see everyone locking into Black Sabbath, and then 20 years later, this is what metal would sound like. I could see how you would take that blues-influenced-diminished style and turn it into this, because it wasn't afraid to play slow, But the atmosphere is there. The idea is there to create this reverb-saturated sound space. It's like you're standing on a cabin porch in the middle of a snowstorm, and there's no end in sight. And this record just brings you down. This is how you're going to feel for the next 45 minutes.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean... So I'm not the only one that listens to this band and like imagines being in a different place. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely you know, not. But like being in a being being like in a different in a different time, uh, even a different season. I mean, it matches up pretty well now because it's in the fall, which is kind of why I I chose this band for for this sort of time period. Uh, but yeah, it's this is like you're going on a walk in the wintertime or even in the colder, you know, autumn and um and you're you're depressed, you're down about something. Speaking of depressed, did you guys hear the song Depressed? Because that <laughs> song is incredible. It had did, the opening lyrics for that song and they're actually sung. They're like clean sung by like a very um even the clean vocals sound depressed, like they're not trying to sound like anything anything polished or anything that like, you know, would make you feel good hearing it. And he just like in this in this kind of deeper register, he's just like fighting seems so in vain, weakened by my own brain. And it's just like that's that's uh that's pretty deep. That's not this is not the Jesus 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 that people probably think that they're gonna hear from this band. It's very um, being depressed, not even being angry at anybody about it because it's your fault and like you're dealing with it. And uh, those themes are gonna follow this band throughout their career. But yeah, depressed yeah. is probably my favorite song on the record.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's because I don't think they're, I think they're realists and not preachy. I, I, I think that's an important part. And you're, you're right. Uh, you know, it's actually shockingly easy to understand what the dude's saying, which is kind of unusual for me to actually pay attention to that. But it's it's actually because it's actually, it's easy to understand what, the, what he's saying, which that doesn't normally happen with this type of man
2: the song thoughts is really good too even though it's seven minutes just bear with me it's a great song <laughs> normally <laughs> really, i don't i don't like stuff like that. i mean martyrium's not afraid to mess with him there's like at least like four like four songs that are above the six minute mark and uh you don't really notice it you know you, you get locked in with this album and it's a great if it's the first album you've ever heard by this band it's a great start um if you started with the defeat of Satan. Uh, you know, you might find that one to get a little bit boring at times. Whereas Martyrium kind of has developed from those kind of demo tracks to, to really pull the songs together in a way that works.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where um, you think, oh yeah, wow, they they were really good out of the gates. And then you realize, no, they had uh, been around for a long time, you know, toiled for four years. This track was hidden for several years. They had multiple demos, you know, before this. So by the time that this record does come out they have an idea of what it is that they're looking to do. And uh, I think that's part of why it's such a good, like quote unquote, you know, first album is because they already have kind of figured out a direction that they're wanting to go with it. And uh, I think they do a really good job of driving the point home. And that's, That's pretty, uh, you think of it as unusual, then you realize until these these guys did already put in a a lot of blood, sweat, and tears before this even came out. I mean, even before it was recorded, let alone it came out, because it came out technically several years later.
2: Yeah, yeah, like it hadn't been unveiled to people. And I think it's a really important part of the puzzle, because if you start with the next record, uh, you know, Return of the Black Death, it's definitely um, it makes sense where this came from because return of the Le- return of the Black Death is in my opinion so on the level for black metal that uh, you know I, I just don't I just couldn't see a band like that like that being their debut album
0: 1998 yeah this was like a light years better
1: in my opinion this was actually the first album I listened to uh, because I couldn't um, Retarium was not available. On YouTube music uh, and this was so I thought this was the first one and surprise
0: was, Jeff oh
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, well number one I mean I was able to understand you know I, I kind of you know did some you know hunting and pecking and I realized how how much of a, a year's difference there actually was between Return of the Black Death and Martyrium so uh, yeah this album like it it blew me away the first time I heard it I was like holy shit or poop <laughs> whatever we want to say, it was surprising. It was amazing. And I, I was hooked. And like I said, you know, this, I was not expecting that when it comes to number one, I'm not a huge black metal fan, uh, normally, but I, for whatever reason, it just kind of rubbed me the right way. And I didn't even know going in that this was a Christian band. I just was like, okay, it's a, it's a black metal band that Dan likes cause he has his black metal moods. And it like Dan said, this is a very good time of the, of the season. black metal uh in the northern hemisphere if you're not close to the uh the equator this was uh wow i mean i I don't know what else to say i was really i was impressed right off the get-go and it was a very easy second third and fourth listen for me because i normally try to listen to all the albums at least four times and so yeah easy easy listen and that doesn't always happen to be the case when it's a band that i've never heard before
0: for this when i'm listening to really good black metal It sounds like the dark parts of a really good classical score. And now you're going to throw these throat shredded vocals over the top of it. Play some double bass. You can't feel good when you're listening to it. But there are so many other bands and records that try to make you feel worse than this one does. It's like it hits the nail on the head of what it feels like to pardon the pun from the previous record, this is what depression sounds like to some people. And I think that's very effective because it's not pushing you feel bad now because I have this recording of a chainsaw slicing people in two. Tony Danza, shout out to you and your electric boogaloo. This is, if you sit on your porch right now and stare out at the woods and the snow is coming down and the moon is full, how do you feel? Did I mention it's cold outside? You feel like this, right?
2: When I'm depressed, there's two records that I listen to. And I wouldn't recommend anybody else do this because this by no means of me saying that these listening to these records cures my depression. <laughs> it, it, they literally just um, help me perpetuate it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but there's two records to listen to. One of them is Transylvanian Hunger. Uh, and the other one is The Return of the Black Death, a record that for some reason I can't seem to say the name of correctly tonight. Uh, the Return of the Black Death is a very unique case of a record that was recorded to sound lo-fi because that was kind of the, that was kind of the direction that black metal bands wanted. But it's not so lo-fi that it's unlistenable. But it sounds primitive in a really good way. Uh, the instrumentation, except for the keyboards, the keyboards are like front and center on this thing, uh, and they carry through a lot of it. And it's mostly just like tremolo melodies and throat shredding screams, but it's all done in such a I don't know, like, reduced aggression, aggression. You know, reduced aggression, is that a thing? Um,
0: where it's It is just with kind the of, right medication. Yeah, I mean, it's just...
2: Uh, <laughs> I guess, like, one of the biggest things that people don't like about metal is that it sounds like people crying out in anger constantly. And The Return of the Black Death sounds like somebody crying out in pain, but nobody's nobody's coming to, to help them, you know? Uh, that That's what this record does for me. And um, I remember, I have a funny story with this record, is I, I actually actually did drive through a snowstorm uh, while listening to this entire record. And um, that, that's an experience I'm never going to forget because it, it completely solidified everything about this record into, into one experience. Uh, me and my buddy Mike, who uh, was on the Opeth episode, uh, we were driving, we had band practice for our, for our old band, and we, we were driving down to our drummer's house, which is about a 48-minute drive, and he lives out in the boonies. He, he lives out where Jeff comes from. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it was like... It started snowing and they said, you know, people were like, oh, maybe you should just leave your gear, you know, at this place or whatever, and don't take it back to his house. And I remember I was Dan Terry. So I was like, no, it's fine. We'll, it ain't going to be that bad. We'll just get in there. We'll dump our gear and then we'll leave. Uh, yeah, it got really bad, really fast. <laughs> uh, and we, so we were driving like we're talking, we're driving on the highway and it's like packed snow on the drive on the highway. And we're driving like real, real slow. You know, like maybe 10 miles an hour, or 15 miles an hour, and little spurts, uh, just to keep going. And the entire time, the snow's still coming down. And me and Mike, you'd think we'd be upset about it, but we weren't because we were listening to Sorg, <laughs> you know, and we were like really getting into it. And I think we were listening to Mike's copy of the CD. I finally did get a copy of this on CD, uh, but it can be hard to find. It was, it, Mike had to ebay it and then years later I also had to ebay it it's very hard to get a physical copy of hey, unless you buy the re-release of Kong's Blood, which you can buy from uh, gotta remember where you can buy that from sorry now it's
0: really bothering me who did the re-release look it up dude you're sitting in front okay. of a computer Great. <laughs> pardon me for breaking the awesomely uh Depressive mood of that conversation, by the way. That was uh, just uh, the computer.
2: It was going great until I couldn't remember the, uh, w- you know, who released, who re-released it. um, Blood. Nordic mission. It was Nordic mission. Okay, I'm gonna pick it up. Do it. Unless, of course, you, uh, you know, bought the most recent re-release of the album where they called it Kong's Blood, which was supposed to be the original name of the uh, album. And that you can buy that on, uh, you can buy that at, uh, I already lost it. God, I'm so stupid. Is this important? Is it important to the story? No. Or unless you, you know, bought the re-release that came out a couple of years ago. But that experience absolutely, like, changed how I viewed this album. Because the first time I heard it, I'm not going to lie, I didn't get it. Because I was still kind of young and, and didn't really understand what black metal kind of even was. But, you know, I was a young Christian kid and there were some dudes that I was friends with online that were like, No, this this Antestor album is it's going to change your life. And it didn't, <laughs> you know, the first time I heard it. Uh, but it wasn't really until going through that experience that I was like, OK, I get it now because because like I was worried and I was stressed out and a little nervous and it's depressing to be out in the snow anyway, it like psychologically affects you a little bit. And that that whole experience put this album in perspective for me. And um, now it's it's one of my go to albums. Like if I'm if I'm feeling down or whatever, um, it, I don't know, in a strange way, it kind of quantifies it. But there's like there's like light at the end of the tunnel, if that makes sense, but um, then they do a lot of, like, really good, like, on-recording atmosphere. Like, you hear a fire burning. You know, you're cold, and you start feeling, you like, hearing a fire burning. And, you know, if you're, like, sitting there listening to it, like, in your bedroom or something, you'll actually
1: start to feel warm <laughs> after hearing it. It's just, it's a really unique experience. No, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, like, I I have uh, an album that's like that. I mean, it's not, it's it's more doomy, uh, mellow death kind of stuff, but ghost brigades, uh, for one with the storm, like it is a really depressing album, but for whatever reason, it kind of like helps me bottom out and then, uh, you know, bring it, bring myself back up and like plateau. And like, even, you know, just even keel, uh, it does the exact same thing for me. So I, I totally get what you're saying. It's a different type of music that does, it's a different type of metal that does it for me, but I, I totally get the, the vibe and the emotion that you're talking of. On where something that most people would listen to that and go wow that's really depressing and you're like it is but I can still see the beauty in it and I can still relate with it and it touches my soul and it makes me feel better because of it yeah yeah I mean, totally I, yeah and I totally get what you're saying on that because that's exactly like um, that's how I am with Ghost Brigade you know actually with multiple of their albums kind of probably like how you are with multiple of these Antester albums I mean they're it, it, it's just it's, it's it's hard to explain it uh, to somebody who, who doesn't feel in, in that way uh, it, it's, but it, it's something special about it that just allows you to, to heal your soul.
0: Hey Jeff, I have a surprise for you. Yeah. It's 2005. Oh boy. We're talking about the forsaken. Yep.
1: Yeah, okay. Oh, favorite man. album.
0: No question. Saw that not coming. Close. Not close at all. Sometimes I think I can predict when Jeff is going to have his favorite album. Sometimes I'm wrong this week. It was pretty easy. The Forsaken kicks off with those melodic, operatic, we're off in the corner vocals. I feel like somebody once uh, was recording an album called, uh, what was that called, Dan Watershed, and said, this is a great idea. And as soon as the double bass kicks in, I said, this is Jeff's favorite. I I just, I know, I feel like this is one (laughs) of those times when I just know this is that line i said earlier about genre names being misused this is one of those times where is it really black metal or is it just really atmospheric death metal the early records in opeth's discography would tell me this is just melodic death metal i don't care what the answer is by the way because this album is so fucking good i'm gonna try to tackle that the
2: best i can uh hut one hut two Hey, what did you guys hear? That is that the genre police outside? <laughs> so, it's black metal. I'll answer. I'll answer that question for you right off the bat. Uh, this is not. This is not melodic death metal. This doesn't sound like At the Gates. This doesn't sound like Old nope. inflames Flames. You know, it doesn't sound like. Uh, uh, what, what was that band that became terrible? Oh, I already said In Flames. Uh, Avatar. <laughs> uh, you know, like it doesn't sound like those bands. Uh, is, is what I'm trying to say.
0: My freak show smells great, by the way disgusting uh oh, but awful. the uh
2: the forsaken is 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 black metal but like and i hate to use this term because we've used so many contradictory terms in this episode uh this is like commercial uh black metal or 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 mainstream sounding black metal this is the, this is the kind of music that demi Bourgier was making whenever they you know got seen on MP, mtv by people you know or even cradle of filth i think it's a lot heavier than that uh and these guys are, are clearly masters um, what's interesting to me about The Forsaken is how positive it sounds overall in comparison to the entire rest of Van Hester's discography. Yes. Um, so, like, you almost have to think of it this way. The Return of the Black Death was, like, the night before, and The Forsaken is when you wake up the next morning with a fresh perspective. Because, like, in The Return of the Black Death, you're laying there dying in the snow. And then you actually wake up the next morning and you suddenly have like a sled and an entire dog team and you're like flying across that ice and the sun shining it's still cold outside you know it's still intense it's still in your face but you're you're out to conquer it now
0: this is like the second half of the movie
2: iron will yeah you're 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 about to go out and conquer what what the source of the problem is right i mean it's it's the devil right uh but like anyway you you're you're out to like to, to fix it or you're feeling better and it's not that this it's not that this album isn't depressing. I mean you've got songs like Betrayed uh, Via, Doloro- Via Dolorosa Via um, The Crown I Carry. Um there in As I Die, obviously. But like I mean, so I mean, it still has that sort of like sorrow metal feel. But this is a this is an album where the step up in production cannot be ignored. Uh This is literally they've been this like really cool kind of underground gem. They don't sound as good as a band with a budget, you know. But they sound good. Their materials good. Their ideas are good. They're fan- even beautiful. Uh, and then you get to the Forsaken and like suddenly there's a budget and the, the, there's multiple takes and everything sounds as clear as crystal now there's a lot of black metal purists out there that are going to say that's not good <laughs> no 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 no. You go back to what you guys were doing on the return of the black death that's that's real black metal and then you tell them it's christian black metal and they stab you in the heart but like it is th- this is purely how you want to look at it if you want my personal opinion i guess that's probably why you're listening to this um i think it's fantastic i think this is this is a vision realized in a way that i think that the band was just incapable of before you've got a different vocalist on this one um he actually used to sing for a band called and i'm gonna say this totally wrong but here we go it's Vakavandring. And, i'm gonna let you uh, they, have it they have it th- well yeah, done got sir a, a, They've got a three-song demo uh, that's really good that I would highly recommend you check out because it gives a lot of perspective on uh, on The Forsaken because with this vocalist, he is obviously going to be capable of performing everything off of Return of the Black Death without a problem. Uh, and on this, I mean, it's one of the best vocalist kind of Upgrades uh I've heard uh his his black metal screams are some of the best I've heard in the business. I I just I love it. I even love the weird cleans he throws in, like in Rights of Death. Like it it sounds so goofy, but it sounds so good. He's like, he's like, transfer life into what's dead, the act of human playing God. It, like it's uh and then of course that amazing guitar solo that plays afterwards that's like really bouncy and happy and weird, you like forget you're listening to Antestor for a second. It's just, it's so good. Old Times Cruelty, buddy and I used to play that on a radio station just to freak people out uh, <laughs> late at night. Um, we'd be like, yeah, guys, here's POD. Now here's Project 86. Now here's Old Times Cruelty by Antestor. You guys still <laughs> awake? And then people would call and request it and be like, dude, that was actually really good. Can I, I want to hear, <laughs> hear more stuff like that.
1: Well, um, the other thing I wanted to point out, uh, and I actually liked the the kind of the dichotomy of it, was uh, the Anne-Marie Edvardson. But however you want to say it, uh, I really liked her her vocals on this too. Yes, uh, yes. A, a lot. Like I was, uh, this was like so chill. Like this is what I would. This is the type of music that I listen to. At, you know, at a camp campfire. Not really a campfire, but you know, a fire pit in my backyard uh, with a nice beer in hand, and just kind of exhale out the uh, the week's troubles. That's that's the that's what this album is for me. Like I, I, this was such an easy listen. Three of their four albums for me are actually really, really easy listens. This one, no question is going to stay in the rotation uh, for me as somebody who hadn't listened to them before. This was, oh gosh, I can't believe how much I, in, I enjoyed it in being pleasantly surprised like that. It, you kind of get jaded in this job, you know, you, you kind of, you listen to so much music you go through so many different things; it, it, it's hard to be pleasantly surprised because you kind of expect a, you kind of expect everything that's coming your way. Nothing really surprises you anymore. And this was so good. And I, I think you're right—that hint of positivity that's mixed in with this—I think is really is what just made it turn the corner for me, and really just made it that much more special. Uh, is the fact that uh, they took something that had been existing and as a it was the typical you know, formulaic approach and they took, and they took it and they put a spin on it. And, uh, they kind of just said, you know what, this is how we envision it. This is, this is how we think it should be. And it's great. Uh, and it's, this is a must listen for anybody and everybody, even the, uh, the black metal elitists they need to put their crowns of thorns aside and, uh, the crowns they carry. Yes. And, and listen to this and they're going to say, okay if i didn't know that this was a you know christian band I would like it, you know, so I mean, it's even I think uh, if you kind of it's one of those things like whenever you do like the blind taste test, you're always going to pick this one as compared to a lot of other stuff, whether you know what it's about, it doesn't really matter. You hear it and you go, okay, that's the one I like. And that's what this album is for me. I think
2: emotionally it's super satisfying to hear this album because like the last time you heard this band, like it was in 1998, you know, it was seven years ago and you got done with that one and you're like oh god i hope those guys are okay you know <laughs> and then you know and then you don't hear
0: from,
1: you don't hear from them
2: again until until 2005 and you're like oh you're alive thank god <laughs> you know like like cool and then and, and they're, they're they're fresh and they're heavy and they're out to like they're out to prove to the world that this whole like christian metal thing that everybody thinks is a joke is actually super legit and is is something that has its own fan base has its own following and is able to stand toe-to-toe with some of the most popular bands in the genre. And I, I can't pass this up, the fact that Jan Axel Blomberg, a.k.a. Hellhammer, who played in Mayhem, played drums on this record. Well, you know, he's a he, session musician. He didn't join the band, but like... Right to have that level of credibility. You know why he Go did it? Go back to 1984 right? and tell tell that dude that he's going to play on a Christian black metal album.
1: You know why he did it, right? Money? No, it was a double barrel salute to the black metal scene. That's fair. He's like, I can do whatever I want to do. I don't have to play drums in every black metal band and only play drums in, in your quote-unquote black metal bands. If I want to play drums for these guys, then I'm going to play drums for these guys. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. Well, that's cool. Yeah. gonna say, there's nothing much more metal than that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I think, but I mean, I think it's, yeah. I mean, and obviously the drumming is amazing. You know, yeah. it sounds, it sounds fantastic. And um, before this record came out, they actually released an EP called Debt Top Live, uh, which has uh, one of the same songs on it. But there is a song I would encourage everybody to listen to uh, called Grief uh not grief sorry uh last season uh it's really 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 good um off of that so you know just pull it up on youtube we'll link it or i'll link it i'll send joe the link and he'll link it and uh and then you guys can listen to it but yeah it's it's such a great album and and honestly like really cemented these guys as the real deal as far as these bands go you know we talked about we talked about x toll a while back and how great they were and those are the guys that'll turn around and be like oh no you guys need to go listen to antestor <laughs> you know <laughs> they're like, they're like those guys those guys are the real deal and yeah this record was was obviously like got them more fans i think than they had ever had before combined
1: yeah i will say this uh, the one other thing since uh uh ann marie edwardson i it's making me want to go check out the the third and the mortal that that was the band that she used to be in and i have not okay. listened to them but i re- That's how much I like her on this. Like, I'm actually going to actively pursue it and it not be related to the podcast. Uh, So I'm super curious uh, to see what their discography is like because I know she's on a couple uh, of the albums. I think there's uh, Painting on Glass and In This Room. I think she's on those two of the four. So I I definitely want to check it out.
0: 2012, Omen.
1: So can this be my 1B? It can
2: be whatever you want, Jeff. You're allowed to like what you like.
1: Yeah, it's definitely my 1B. you're not uh,
2: allowed to not like things that i like but you're (laughs) allowed to like what
1: you like yeah i i yeah i like this album a lot (laughs) let's just
0: keep the feeling going from the last record give it some more modern heavy metal feel and then let's just see what happens it sounds epic it sounds fully realized if you can fully realize a black metal sound Four albums, a few EPs, a couple demos, and an almost twenty-year career at that point. I think they figured it out. Can we get seven or eight more of these, please? With the current yes. timing, this is the year for a new <laughs> album, please.
1: Can <laughs> yeah, I get my hopes up
0: yet? I mean, it's interesting to see
2: how they went for the brutal on this one. You know, they went for the throat. This is the he- by far the heaviest Antecessor album, and and don't don't. You send me an email telling me about how, you know, the Death Doom riffs on Martyrium and Return to the Black Death are technically heavier than the black metal riffs that are on the... I get what you're t- trying to say, but for the, in- for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to say it's the heaviest Ancestor album. Citation needed. Uh, but I think that it is very aggressive. That's certainly aggressive. Uh, they are, uh, really going for the throat on this one. Uh, and what it creates is kind of an interesting yin yang with, uh, with the forsaken. I think both of these records complement each other really well, whereas the forsaken takes the more sort of melodic, kind of positive sounding thing, uh, you get to open and now we're at war.
1: Yeah. And I think that's probably why I like it. You know, they, they, they do reflect uh, upon each other quite nicely. Uh, I, I, the one thing that surprised me on this was I heard an Ebo yeah on this and i was like no way i haven't i i haven't heard an ebo in like 20 years
0: <laughs> and i was like you got to be kidding me that's on here that's awesome <laughs> hey jeff there's an ebo on
1: this album i know i know i remember trying to play with one and i was such a pain in the patootie i didn't care for it i wasn't patient enough but yeah i thought it was cool
2: <laughs> yeah i think this this absolutely is 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 insane and it's funny too because like they, they when you if you ask them and yes, if this you know was a black metal record, they'd say no. They'd say black metal's dead, you know, and that there's you know, we're, we're just extreme metal now. Uh, and I think that that is actually kind of true here. I think I think primarily it's based in black metal. The death metal energy and some of the riffing is definitely here. And I think that's what they mean is that it's kind of more of a blend of styles. I have to admit, as much as I like this record, and, and this is what keeps it from being like my absolute favorite just is the fact that it doesn't always have the atmosphere that we've, kind of used, we've been used to having from the band. This is a more straight ahead, just brutal assault, which don't get me wrong. This guy loves to be brutally assaulted, <laughs> but I'm just used to this band kind of making me feel a specific way. And again, it's not that it's not in there. Like if you listen to the song, The Kindling, that's got, you know, that, that's got all your atmosphere right there. That's that's classic Antestor on that song. Yeah, um, for me,
1: all towers must fall. I love that. Oh, I, my I love God. That song. It's
2: so good. <laughs> so good. It's all good. Go out and buy it. Expletive, yes. expletive, expletive. You know, like, it's just if you're on yeah. the fence because of the Christian thing, just don't be.
1: Good music is good music. Final thoughts on Antestor. Jeff. A massive, pleasant surprise. Um, was not expecting it to be as good as it was. And I'm glad that it's as good as it was because... It's going into my rotation. I mean, I, I don't, I don't say that lightly. So I wasn't expecting, wasn't expecting that at all. The fact that, because um, I'm normally not a big black metal fan, I've made that, that made that known quite a few times on here. Uh, but they do a very good job of pulling it off. Uh, the Forsaken is 100% uh, in the rotation for foreseeable future. So. I really dig these guys. I hope they put out some more music. Uh, I don't know; they're not. I don't think they're officially disbanded or anything. They just take a very long time to put music out there. So I hope we get some more of it.
2: Damn, what about you? All I gotta say is it doesn't matter what album you pick or whichever one that you decide you know is going to be your introduction to the band. But you need to just turn all the lights off, lay down on a couch turn the air conditioning down to like 63 and just lay there with headphones on and listen to the album. And then you're going to get it. And it doesn't matter how much I try to convince you to get it or not. You're only going to get it by having an experience with it. So don't just listen to it. Experience it.
0: I think Antestor is one of my favorite bands from 10 to 15 years ago. I say that because they were one of the best bands when everybody was still talking about genres, when everybody was still talking about black metal, unblack metal, what it means to be a Christian band. And if we change this word, it changes the meaning of everything. And all of a sudden it becomes okay to play really dark music. I really don't think any of that shit matters. I think Antestor is trying to create an atmosphere and create a feeling and they do it better than most of their contemporaries how many movies can you name from the 70s and the 80s when they did the mountain man trope and the snowstorm kicks in and it feels hopeless because everybody's faces are chapped and they've got these giant coats on that they skinned from the elk and they're just trying to survive then the fire goes out that's what Entestor is trying to do to you they're trying to put you in that mindset of yeah it does feel hopeless but it's not right So I really do think everyone should be listening to Antestor, because if you haven't listened to a good black metal band, you might be discounting what the style actually is. And it's a feeling. It's not a genre or a tempo or a pace. It's a dark feeling in the presence of an otherwise light situation. Joe, I now have to go watch Jeremiah Johnson because the description
1: you gave about the 70s and 80s movies about mountain men and being stuck that's the best one you're not going to watch call of the wild jeff nope definitely going with jeremiah johnson 100 percent
0: love robert redford i'll stick with shadow of the wolf then there you go
1: dan what's your album of
0: the
2: week oh man i mean i think this one's pretty easy i i, I gave it away already but um yeah 100 percent it's Transylvanian hunger by dark throne Uh, I like listening to that album and then also listening to The Return of the Black Death by Antestor. So when I listened (laughs) to one, I felt the need to listen to the other. Uh, Definitely two sides of two
1: very different coins, (laughs) but I still love it. Love all of it. Nice. Jeff, what about you? Uh, I'm actually, it's a surprise for me uh, because it's growing on me quite a bit. Torn arteries by Carcass. Oh, man.
2: So good.
1: Oh, it's so good. It's so good.
2: Uh, Almost to the point where I'm like, you know what? Make it a veggie sandwich.
0: (laughs) Before we all got sent home for a year and a half, one of my favorite bands reunited to go on tour. They got to play two gigs, and I feel a little bit cheated that I didn't get to see them live one more time. But... Maybe I'll get another chance a few years from now. My album of the week is The Grand Pecking Order by Oysterhead. Nice. Nice. I was going to say, speaking of them, that's kind of how I feel about the
1: police, since we're going to, you know, we're crossing drummers there. Exactly. Yep.
2: Take us out, DFT. If you guys like this podcast and you'd like to give us some suggestions, some attaboys, uh, critiques, or just have a general question or a suggestion of a band you want us to talk about on this podcast, You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. Note note that it doesn't say and Jeff show, just just Dan and Joe. We don't don't, don't let Jeff read the email. You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal and also on Instagram at Discuss Metal. We have a Discord server that you can join. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you there where you can hang out with us all the time and fans of the show alike. We have a fun community there. And uh, if you want to hang out with us once a month, you can absolutely do that by joining our Patreon. There will be a link in the show notes that will take you to our Patreon. Anything you want to give helps. Do not feel obligated to do so, but we appreciate you if you do.
0: And on that note, this has been episode 246 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Visit discussmetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discussmetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. One dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. Yeah, the truth walks by your side.